Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, August 7th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11-13. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Re, and it means see. Deuteronomy 12, 11-32 When you cross the Jordan and settle in the land that Hashem your God is allotting to you, and He grants you safety from all your enemies around you, and you live in security, then you must bring everything that I command you to the site where Hashem your God will choose to establish His name, your burnt offerings and other sacrifices, your tithes and contributions, and all the choice votive offerings that you vow to Hashem. And you shall rejoice before Hashem your God with your sons and daughters and with your male and female slaves, along with the Levite in your settlements. For he has no territorial allotment among you. Take care not to sacrifice your burnt offerings in any place you like, but only in the place that Hashem will choose in one of your tribal territories. There you shall sacrifice your burnt offerings, and there you shall observe all that I enjoin upon you. But whenever you desire, you may slaughter and eat meat in any of your settlements, according to the blessing that Hashem your God has granted you. 
The unclean and the clean alike may partake of it, as of the gazelle and the deer. But you must not partake of the blood. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. You may not partake in any of your in your settlements of the tithes of your new grain or wine or oil, or of the firstlings of your herds and flocks, or of any of the votive offerings that you now vow, or of your free will offerings, or of your contributions. These you must consume before Hashem your God in the place that Hashem your God will choose. You and your sons and your daughters, your male and female slaves, and the Levite in your settlements. Happy before Hashem your God in all your undertakings. Be sure not to neglect the Levite as long as you live in your land. When Hashem enlarges your territory as He has promised you, and you say, I shall eat some meat, for you have the urge to eat meat, you may eat meat whenever you wish. If the place where Hashem has chosen to establish His name is too far from you, you may slaughter any of the cattle or sheep that Hashem gives you, as I have instructed you, and you may eat to your heart's content in your settlements. Eat it, however, as the gazelle and the deer are eaten. The unclean may eat it together with the clean. But make sure that you do not partake of the blood, for the blood is the life, and you must not consume the flesh, the life with the flesh. You must not partake of it. You must pour it out on the ground like water. You must not partake of it in order that it may go well with you and with your descendants to come, for you will be doing what is right in the sight of Hashem. But such sacred and votive donations as you may have shall be taken by you to the site that Hashem will choose. You shall offer your burnt offerings, both the flesh and the blood, on the altar of Hashem your God, and Of your other sacrifices the blood shall be poured out on the altar of Hashem your God, and you shall eat the flesh. Be careful to heed all these commandments that I enjoin upon you. Thus it will go well with you and with your descendants after you forever, for you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of Hashem your God. When Hashem your God has cut down before you the nations that you are about to enter and dispossess, and you have dispossessed them and settled in their land. Beware of being lured into their ways after they have been wiped out before you. Do not inquire about their gods, saying, How did those nations worship their gods? I too will follow those practices. You shall not act thus toward Hashem your God, for they perform for their gods every abhorrent act that Hashem detests. They even offer up their sons and daughters to fire to their gods. Ezra 5.1-6.22 Then the Nevi'im, Haggai the Navi, and Zechariah son of Edo prophesied to the Yehudim, to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem, inspired by the God of Israel. Thereupon Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel and Jeshua son of Jachsadak began rebuilding the house of Hashem in Jerusalem with the full support of the Nevi'im of Hashem. At once Tatanai, governor of the province of beyond the river, 
Shethar, Bazanai, and their colleagues descended upon them and said this to them, Who issued orders to you to rebuild this house and complete its furnishing? Then we said to them, What are the names of the men who are engaged in the building? But Hashem watched over the elders of the Jews, and they were not stopped while a report went to Darius, and a letter was sent back in reply to it. This is the text of the letter that Tatanai, governor of the province of Beyond the River, and Shetharbazanai and his colleagues, the officials of Beyond the River, sent to King Darius. They sent a message to him, and this is what was written in it. To King Darius, greetings, and so forth. Be it known to the king that we went to the province of Yehuda, to the house of the great Hashem. It is being rebuilt of hewn stone, and wood is being laid in the walls. The work is being done with dispatch and is going well. Thereupon we directed this question to these elders, Who issued orders to you to rebuild this house and to complete its furnishings? We also asked their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is what they answered us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding the house that was originally built many years ago. A great king of Israel built it and completed it. But because our fathers angered the God of heaven, he handed them over to Nebuchadnezzar the Chaldean, king of Babylon, who demolished this house and exiled the people to Babylon. But in the first year of King Cyrus of Babylon, King Cyrus issued an order to rebuild this house of Hashem. Also, the silver and gold vessels of the house of Hashem that Nebuchadnezzar had taken away from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to the temple in Babylon, King Cyrus released them from the temple in Babylon to be given to the one called Sheshbazar, whom he had appointed as governor. He said to him, Take these vessels, go, deposit them in the temple of Jerusalem, and let the house of Hashem be rebuilt on its original site. That same Sheshbazar then came and laid the foundations for the house of Hashem in Jerusalem. And ever since then it has been under construction, but is not yet finished. And now, if it please the king, let the royal archives there in Babylon be searched to see whether indeed an order had been issued by King Cyrus to rebuild this house of Hashem in Jerusalem. May the king convey to us his pleasure in this matter. Thereupon, at the order of King Darius, they searched the archives where the treasures were stored in Babylon. But it was in the citadel of Ekbatana, in the province of Media, that a scroll was found in which the following was written. Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus, King Cyrus issued an order concerning the house of Hashem in Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, a place for offering sacrifices, with a base built up high. Let it be sixty amount high and sixty amount wide, with a course of unused timber for each three courses of hewn stone. The expenses shall be paid by the palace. And the gold and silver vessels of the house of Hashem, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken away from the temple in Jerusalem and transported to Babylon, shall be returned and let each go back to the temple in Jerusalem, where it belongs. You shall deposit it in the house of Hashem. 
Now you, Tatsunai, governor of the province of Beyond the River, Shathar, Bazanai, and colleagues, the officials of the province of Beyond the River, stay away from that place. Allow the work of this house of Hashem to go on. Let the governor of the Yehudim and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of Hashem on its site. And I hereby issue an order concerning what you must do to help these elders of the Jews rebuild this house of Hashem. The expenses are to be paid to these men with dispatch out of the resources of the king, derived from the taxes of the province of beyond the river, so that the work would not be stopped. They are to be given daily, without fail, whatever they need of young bulls, rams, or lambs as burnt offerings for the God of heaven, and wheat, salt, wine, and oil at the order of the Kohanim in Jerusalem, so that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. I also issue an order that whoever alters this decree shall have a beam removed from his house and he shall be impaled on it and his house confiscated. And may the God who established his name there cause the downfall of any king or nation that undertakes to alter or damage that house of Hashem in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued the decree. Let it be carried out with dispatch. Then Tatanai, governor, of the province of beyond the river, Shathar, Bazanai, and their colleagues carried out with dispatch what King Darius had written. So the elders of the Jews progressed in the building, urged on by the prophesying of Haggai the Navi and Zechariah son of Edo, and they brought the building to completion under the aegis of the God of Israel and by the order of Cyrus and Darius and King Artaxerxes of Persia. The house was finished on the third of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. The Israelites, the Kohanim, and the Leviim, and all the other exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of Hashem with joy, and they sacrificed for the dedication of this house of Hashem one hundred bulls, two hundred rams, 400 lambs and 12 goats as a purification offering for all of Israel according to the number of the tribes of Israel. They appointed the Kohanim in their courses and the Leviim in their divisions for the service of Hashem in Jerusalem according to the prescription in the book of Moses. The returned exiles celebrated the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. For the Kohanim and the Leviim had purified themselves to a man. They were all pure. They slaughtered the Passover offering for all the returned exiles, and for their brother Kohanim, and for themselves. The children of Israel who had returned from the exile, together with all who joined them in separating themselves from the uncleanness of the nations of the lands, to worship God of Israel, ate of it. They joyfully celebrated the festival of Passover for seven days, for Hashem had given them cause for joy by inclining the heart of the Assyrian king toward them so as to give them support in the work of the house of Hashem, the God of Israel.
1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 23. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters, but God that gives the increase. Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Yeshua HaMashiach. Now, If any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work, of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy which temple you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He takes the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Psalm 29, 1-11 Give unto the Lord, O you mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds to calve and discovers the forests. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. 
The Lord sits upon the flood. Yes, the Lord sits king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Proverbs 20, 26 and 27. A wise king scatters the wicked and brings the wheel over them. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Ezra chapter 5 and 6, and then we're going to jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to start in chapter 5 of Ezra, verse 2, where it is written, Thereupon Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, son of Jachzadak, began rebuilding the house of Hashem in Jerusalem with the full support of the Nevi'im of Hashem. Now, as we've been reading, there have been starts and then stops, and then another start and then another stop. And so it, it's been, um, you know, a little bit here and then, a, and, a, and then a pause. And then there's some political pushback or there's some things that would block and stop the work of rebuilding this temple. So in chapter 5, verse 2, the verse I just read, the Israel Bible commentary it reads as follows. Starting with chapter 4, verse 8, the language of Ezra switches from Hebrew to Aramaic. However, the Nevi'im of the time, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, addressed the nation exclusively in Hebrew. The Jewish people have been exiled to every corner of the world, and in the process have learned many different languages. This is as true in the modern diaspora as it was during the Babylonian and Persian eras. And yet, with the minor exceptions of the Aramaic sections of Daniel and Ezra, the Tanakh was written entirely in Hebrew. Although the Jews spoke other languages, Hebrew remained their essential language. Even if they did not speak it for everyday matters, it continued to be the language used for prayer and study, connecting to Hashem. The fact that Hebrew is again the vibrant and dynamic language of communication in contemporary Israel should not be underestimated. The revival of Hebrew as a spoken language in the 19th century due largely to the efforts of one person. Eliezer ben Yehuda is as miraculous as the survival of the Hebrew people themselves. As Shimon Peres, former president of Israel, pointed out, none in the Middle East speak their original language except for Israel. So, continuing on, in chapter 6, verse 14, it is written, So the elders of the Jews progressed in the building, urged on by the prophesying of Haggai the Navi and Zechariah son of Edo, and they brought the building to completion under the aegis of the God of Israel and by the order of Cyrus and Darius and King Artaxerxes of Persia. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The autonomy of the Jewish people has often been subject to the blessings or restraints of foreigners. Cyrus's edict to allow the people of Israel to return to the land of Israel 
and rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, was a ray of hope in a bleak time. Persian approval of Jewish authority constituted a remarkable turning of the tide for the exiled Jews. The construction of the temple was temporarily halted. It was eventually completed in the sixth year of the reign of Darius, with his permission. The British government's 1917 Balfour Declaration possessed similar promise when it declared, His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people, and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. In fact, Harry Truman said of his of this in May of 1948, he gave recognition of the State of Israel as President of the United States. I am Cyrus. In all these cases, it was non-Jews serving as God's agents who facilitated the return of the Jewish people to Eretz Israel. And I will add to that comment that in 20... 18, I believe it was 2018, President Trump um, moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and declared that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the nation of Israel. And when he did that, he was recognized by a number of leaders, uh, Jewish leaders, religious leaders, rabbis and people from around the world, that he was like a modern-day Cyrus in bringing the uh, embassy back to Jerusalem instead of Tel Aviv. And so, in in many ways, then, Trump was functioning as a modern-day Cyrus. And 2018 was the 70th anniversary of the nation, the rebirth of the nation of Israel. It was started in May of 48, and so in 2018 was the 70th anniversary or birthday of the nation. Now I want to take us into 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and make some connections between what we just read in Ezra to what we uh, read today in 1 Corinthians. So here's the big picture. When the Jewish people returned to Jerusalem, everything was in ruins and rubble. And they had to rebuild from scratch, from the foundation up. They had to rebuild the temple, and they had to rebuild homes to live in. Everything was just in ruins. And it took a long time. Through the succession of three different kings, King Cyrus, King Artaxerxes, and and King Darius. So through the succession of these three kings, they were given uh, authority and permission and blessing from them to go ahead and rebuild. And, And in many ways, there's a lot of rebuilding to be done right now. In 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us that you are God's building. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, where it is written, We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. And he goes on to say that Yeshua, Jesus, is the cornerstone, the cornerstone of the foundation. 
and that no other foundation can anyone lay except on Yeshua, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. And and he goes on to say in verse 16, no, do, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So that there is a spiritual temple. There's a brick and mortar temple that once existed that was destroyed twice, once in 586 BC by Nebuchadnezzar, again in 70 AD by the Romans. And there will be a third temple. It's described for us in the closing chapters of Ezekiel. But that there is also a spiritual temple here and now on this earth. And that the spiritual temple is comprised of people. That we are living stones. And Yeshua is the chief cornerstone. And that when we come together in small groups, in fellowship, in in a home group, in a church setting. Um, basically, the temple, the spiritual temple, has come together, and the Spirit of God inhabits and dwells in this spiritual temple. And so, that spiritual temple can be in ruins, just like when uh, Josiah found the temple in rubble and in ruins. And the the Torah scroll was buried underneath the rubble. And when he found the Torah scroll, uh, he read it and he tore his robes and he repented, realizing we've not been following this. We've not been doing this or obeying it. And so churches can go into decline. Individuals can go into brokenness and decline. And a whole entire nation can go into decline and into rubble and ruin and devastation. And so when we look at things through spiritual eyes, we can see many of the nations have gone into tremendous spiritual decline. It's rubble and it's ruin. And the Bible, the Torah, has been buried under the rubble of woke politics and of evil, corrupt practices like child mutilation and transgender agendas that are being aggressively promoted in public schools. And, um, you know, we have more than 900 political patriotic prisoners still stuck in the gulag, Washington, D.C. gulag, who were there on January 6th to protest a stolen election peacefully. To They were exercising their First and Second Amendment rights to gather peacefully and to make their grievances known. And so, you know, and then we see Congress coming up with their, their solution to the debt problem with the uh, debt ceiling. We reached the debt ceiling back in July, you know, hit the ceiling. And Janet Yellen was saying, you got to do something. You got to do something. So what did they do? They took the ceiling off. There is no ceiling. They can now print... Uh, monopoly fiat money till the cows come home and there is no debt ceiling. Total fiscal irresponsibility. Mortgaging our children and grandchildren to be in debt pretty much for all the rest of their lives. And so we see, you know, stolen elections. We see tremendous corruption and evil in our government. Um, and it can be very disheartening and discouraging. We, It's like looking at Jerusalem and the temple in total ruins and rubble. 
And yet, Nehemiah and Ezra were called to rebuild, to clear away the rubble, and to build anew. And Yeshua is going to come back one day in the not-too-distant future, and he's going to clear away the rubble, and he's going to rebuild. He's going to establish his kingdom, and he will rule and reign from earth for 1,000 years. And so in the meantime, we are to occupy. We are to shine our light. We are to ask the Lord to do his cleansing work within each one of us. If each one of us is like a lively stone, a living stone of this spiritual temple, sometimes the stone has moss on it. It's got mud on it. It's got dirt and filth on it. And the stone needs to be cleaned up. And so I can't change a lot of what's going on out there in the world, but I can work on me. I can change me and turn to Yeshua and ask him to shine his spotlight on my heart and reveal to me my own sin. Sins of unforgiveness, sins of greed, sins of selfishness, sins of anger, sins of uh, self-hatred, whatever those sins might be and ask him to forgive me and change me and cleanse me from the inside out, so that when I congregate with other fellow believers, we truly can come together as a spiritual temple, a living spiritual temple with Yeshua as the chief cornerstone. So Yeshua is in the business of building and constructing. He's in the business of restoration and of healing, and of deliverance. And so even an individual life can look like a temple that's been blown up and is full of rubble and debris and brokenness. When you go through a divorce, it's like an atomic bomb goes off in the inner landscape of your heart. Or when you go through estrangement or loss or um, a job loss, or whatever it might be, a death of a loved one, it can be absolutely devastating. And it can take years to rebuild and restore and repair and renew the harm and the damage that's been done. Yet this is what Yeshua does. He cleans us, he restores us, he repairs us, he renews us, he rebuilds us. He he is a master builder. And so, I thank you, Yeshua. We thank you that you are the master builder. You are in the business of pressure washing us on the inside with the clean words of your of your book, with the cleanness of your spirit, with the purity and the holiness of your spirit. I thank you, Yeshua, that you can cleanse us from the inside out. You can power wash the windows so that more light gets in and more light gets out. You can take out the garbage inside of us and bring it to the cross. You can cleanse us, and we thank you for that. We thank you for how you change us from glory to glory to glory. Father, I pray that as those listening would gather with other believers this coming weekend, whether it's on a Saturday or a Sunday, that you will bless their time together as they fellowship 
as they interact, as they build relationships with each other. May they love each other well. May they love each other with the love of Yeshua. May you continue to cleanse each and every one of us and purify us and fill us up with your word and with your spirit. And may we be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.